Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. had a good weekend. Our number here is 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. The bigger and more centralized the government gets, and the more it usurps your liberty, and the more it devours the private sector, the more powerful the special interests. And in this case, of course, would be the special interests that support the Democrat Party and vice versa. And now we know the second biggest teachers union in the country with almost 2 million members has had an enormous influence on quote-unquote the science coming out of the CDC. And that would be the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. People keep saying follow the science. Well, what does the union that represents the second largest number of teachers know about science? And why are they lobbying the CDC? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the CDC has become politicized. It's become politicized when it comes to the Second Amendment. It's become politicized when it comes to so-called climate change. And now it's become politicized when it comes to opening the schools for your children when it comes to their health. Big government is a poison. Big government is a poison. Notice certain billionaires do very, very well while Joe Biden's going on with his Marxist class warfare propaganda. Certain groups do very, very well. They get richer and richer and more and more powerful. Certain states get a windfall of tax dollars by redistributing wealth from red states to blue states from the suburbs and the rural areas to metropolitan areas and the inner cities. 
This isn't about science. It's never been about science. Oh, we get some of it. But it's mostly about power. We'll circle back to quote the late great Pasaki in a moment. But first I want to tell you about what I consider a huge story. And it's actually broken by a reprobate by the name of Kenneth Vogel at the New York Slimes, the Holocaust-denying New York Slimes. So it is quite shocking in that regard, but they have to do one of these every now and then. So there's at least some patina of journalism going on. Hans-George Weiss. That's W-Y-S-S, by the way. Ever hear of this guy? Hans-George Weiss. Who is he? It's not He's not as well known as wealthy liberal patrons like George Soros or Tom Steyer, writes Vogel. His political activism is channeled through a daisy chain of opaque organizations that mass the ultimate recipients of his money. This is called dark money. But the Swiss billionaire, oh, he's Swiss. Hans-Jörg Weiss has quietly become one of the most important donors to left-leaning advocacy groups and increasingly influential force among Democrats. So here we have a billionaire, a Swiss billionaire, as you'll see, pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into our political system, including influencing elections. Newly obtained tax filings show that two of Mr. Weiss's organizations, a foundation and a nonprofit fund, donated $208 million from 2016 through early last year to three other nonprofit funds that doled out money to a wide array of groups that back progressive causes, a.k.a. Marxist causes, and helped Democrats in their efforts to win the White House and control of Congress last year. You got this? A billionaire, a Swiss billionaire was involved in our elections and had a, an impact on our elections. Mr. Weiss's representatives say his organization's money is not being spent on political campaigning, but documents and interviews show that the entities have come to play a prominent role in financing the political infrastructure that supports Democrats and their issues. Should this not be a headliner in every newscast in America? It's not. It's not. This is from today, 5.01 p.m. While most of his operations, recent polit- op- while most of his operations, recent politically oriented giving was channeled through the three nonprofit funds. Notice how they always launder their money. Mr. Weiss's organizations also directly donated tens of millions of dollars since 2016 to groups that opposed former President Donald J. Trump and promoted Democrats and their causes. So while they're insisting that you follow a shiny object called Russia collusion, the fact is you have this Swiss billionaire pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into the Democrat Party through these front groups through the back door. Meanwhile, they're chasing Rudy Giuliani. Beneficiaries of these organizations, direct giving, included prominent groups such as the Center for American Progress. You've heard of them, Podesta's group. And Priorities USA, radical left group, you've heard of them. 
as well as organizations that ran voter registration and mobilization campaigns to increase Democratic turnout, built media outlets accused of slanting the news to favor Democrats and sought to block Mr. Trump's nominees, prove he colluded with Russia and pushed for his impeachment. A Swiss billionaire using Democrat Party operatives and front groups. Several officials from organizations started by Mr. Weiss and his team worked on the Biden transition or joined his administration. And on environmental policy in particular, Mr. Weiss's agenda appears to align with President Biden's. Mr. Weiss's growing political influence attracted attention after he emerged last month as a leading bidder for the Tribune publishing newspaper chain. Mr. Weiss later dropped out of the bidding for the papers. Born in Switzerland and living in Wyoming, he has not disclosed publicly whether he holds citizenship or permanent residency in the United States. Foreign nationals without permanent residency are barred from donating directly to federal political candidates or political action committees, but not from giving to groups that seek to influence policy a legal distinction often lost on voters targeted by such groups. Mr. Weiss's role as a donor is coming to light even as congressional Democrats, with support from Mr. Biden, are pushing legislation intended to rein in so-called dark money spending that could restrict some of the groups financed by Mr. Weiss's organization. No, 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 no. This is what they do to appear to be reformers when they are deformers. Then, of course, they attack Citizens United. You knew that was coming. Citizen United has nothing to do with foreign billionaires laundering money through various organizations to influence elections. That's not what the Citizens United case is, the 2010 Supreme Court case. But Vogel can't help himself because in the end he's a leftist. Let's keep going. While the progressives and election watchdogs denounce the developments as bestowing too much power to wealthy interests, Democratic donors and operatives increasingly, increasingly made use of dark money. During the 2020 election cycle, groups aligned with Democrats spent more than $514 million in such funds, and we pounded the table on this, and we couldn't get anybody's attention. $514 million in such funds compared to about $200 million spent by groups aligned with Republicans, according to an analysis by the Center for Responsive Politics. It's not just that they use this advocacy money. In and of itself, that's okay. It's that this was a guy who's a Swiss billionaire. Not an American. They call him in this paper a Swiss billionaire. Some of the groups financed by Mr. Weiss's organizations played a key role in that shift, though the relatively limited disclosure requirements for these types of groups make it impossible to definitively conclude how they spent funds from the Weiss entities. Mr. Weiss and his advisors have honed a strategic, evidence-based, metrics-driven, results-oriented approach to build political infrastructure, said Rob Stein, a Democratic strategist, and a mealy-mouth extraordinaire. Stein, who founded the Influential Democracy Alliance Club of Major Liberal Donors in 05. This is a fund through which these billionaires and multimillionaires give money. And recruited Mr. Weiss to join, added that unlike most wealthy political donors on the right and left, Mr. Weiss and his team know how to create measurable, sustainable impact. That's the point, you idiot! 
dark money. As far as we know, the guy is a Swiss citizen, unless he has dual citizenship. Even the New York Slimes couldn't figure it out. Mr. Weiss, 85, was born in Bern. First visited the United States as an exchange student in 1958. Became enchanted with America's national parks and public lands. After becoming wealthy while helping lead the Switzerland-based medical device manufacturer, Synthesis, he began donating his fortune through a network of nonprofit organizations to promote conservation, environmental causes, and other issues. You see, I don't know about him, but a lot of these people get extremely wealthy by government largesse. And you're going to have new billionaires created out of the Biden massive trillion dollar here, trillion dollar there, trillion dollar spending over here. And they're all going to support Democrats. But meanwhile, he'll talk about how he cares about the people and he's only taxing people who make, you know, a certain amount. Well, he's kowtowing to others. The organizations gradually increased their donations and other causes backed by Democrats, including abortion rights, minimum wage increases, eventually to groups more directly involved in partisan political debates, particularly after Trump's election. Asked about the shift, Howard H. Stevenson, who has been close to Mr. Vice since the two were classmates at Harvard Business School in the 60s, pointed to Trump's sharp reduction to the Bears Ears National Monument in Utah. One of Mr. Vice's foundations had teamed with five other foundations to commit $1.5 million to preserving the monument. Of course, Biden is now reviewing Mr. Trump's policy on barriers, broadly opposed by Democrats and conservation groups. Mr. Vice did not respond to requests to be interviewed for this article. Most of the people interviewed either declined to discuss or request an anonymity. And I want to continue this after we break so you can see how Jeff Zuckerberg had his invisible hand behind the scenes Approximately $400 million spent laundered through these groups, particularly at the local level, to turn out the Democrat vote. How this billionaire, this Swiss billionaire hanging out in Wyoming, Lynn Cheney country, I guess. How this guy influenced the outcome of the election. Donald Trump knew something fishy was going on. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Russian collusion. I'll be right back. Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. 
So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit LevinforHillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. This is a truly significant story, shockingly, from somebody who is quite literally a, a leftist, this Kenneth Vogel. But I suspect he was handed this information, he couldn't just ignore it, or the information would wind up somewhere else. And the New York Times is probably hoping this will go away quickly. It was first uh, published this afternoon online. Before I return to this, and I am going to, it's very important, I'll give you another aspect of the corruption, okay? Another aspect of big-time corruption. And there's something you can do about it. We had a wonderful... Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. I had Josh Hawley on the show. He has a new book, The Tyranny of Big Tech, which was blocked. But then a conservative imprint picked it up. And I felt Josh Hawley has been maltreated, and not just over the book, but over January 6th. And I decided to give him a full hour. And you might say, well, why would you do that? You're promoting his book and your book because that's the way I am. And he was at number two for a while. He was at number four. But that's not what I want to talk about. Thanks to you on Amazon, American Marxism has been number one for some period of time. We've been beating Oprah Winfrey's book, What Happened to You? And it's her book, not just her club. It's her book. Which is really quite amazing when you consider all the slobbering press she gets. Well, 60 Minutes brings in a guy by the name of Michael Lewis. A book called The Premonition. You've never heard of him or his book. And why do they bring him in? First of all, 60 Minutes has never invited me on their show. I have had eight. Is it eight? Yes, eight New York Times bestsellers. Six of which have been number one. Number one. So they bring this guy in, 60 Minutes, to promote his book. What is his book? It's a vicious attack on Donald Trump's handling of the pandemic. A vicious attack on Donald Trump's handling of the pandemic. Because 60 Minutes is a fraud. Because 60 Minutes is part of the propaganda wing of the Democrat Party. So that book is now number one on Amazon.com because of 60 Minutes. I want to strongly encourage you, we the silent majority, to make a move right now. To make a move on 60 Minutes, to make a move on this crap book called The Premonition. And if you're of a mind to order American Marxism, which I consider the most important book I've ever written, given the important times we're in, please go to Amazon now or any of the other online stores. And pre-order your copy. It's 38% off. I'll be right I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty.
Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show is tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. So I had to take that sharp break, hard break there. But I want to continue on sort of these parallel stories. So when you look at what 60 Minutes did, the description of this book in part says, fortunately, we are still a nation of skeptics. Fortunately, there are those among us who study pandemics and are willing to look unflinchingly at worst-case scenarios. Michael Lewis's taut and brilliant nonfiction thriller pits a band of medical visionaries against the wall of ignorance that was the official response of the Trump administration to the outbreak of COVID-19. So here is the rewriting of history. It is pushed by 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes is a mouthpiece for the radical left. And so that's what they're doing. So they pushed it to the top of Amazon. No Oprah Winfrey's no pushover, so she's fighting back. So she's number three on the top 100 Amazon. I'm in the middle. I'm number two. And the only reason I'm number two is because of you and my audience. You in this audience. I haven't been on Fox yet to discuss this. I haven't been in on Levin TV yet to discuss this. It's you, the radio Levinites. Now, I don't know who the hell Michael Lewis is, and nobody gives a crap, quite frankly, except the left, because it's just another avenue to attack President Trump, who saved millions of lives with the vaccines. And I already told you about Oprah Winfrey, how she is a disgrace. And I already told you about my book, American Marxism, which is the most important book I've ever written. It's the longest book I've ever written. And we're going to get into all kinds of subjects in here, and we're going to do some pushback. We're going to launch pushback, a counteroffensive, not a violent counteroffensive. We're not Antifa. We're going to launch a counteroffensive to claw back our liberty. For anybody who wants their liberty back. What can we do about it? I do my best to explain what I think we can do about it. But one of the things we're going to have to do about it is stop piddling around and calling these people, oh, he's a liberal. No, they're not. The people who are destroying our classrooms, who are destroying our sports, the people who are destroying our capitalist system, are destroying our sovereignty, they're not liberals. They are Marxists. Fundamentally, that is what they are. Fundamentally, that is what they are. 
they call you, and I don't care if you're white or not. If you don't agree with them, they call you part of the white, privileged, white-dominated society. They can call you all kinds of lies, but we're not allowed to call them the truth. Well, it starts right here behind this microphone, and with you, millions and millions of you. It is crucial that you read this book, in my opinion. It is crucial that if you have children in college, that they read the book. Because ideas have consequences. That's what's destroying us. Bad ideas. Poisonous ideas. Well, we have ideas, too. And I'm not talking about simply quoting the Constitution at this point. I've written many books on that subject. Nor am I doing another treatise on Karl Marx, although he has to be discussed. This is called the book American Marxism. How they've taken the Marxist ideology, I don't even call it a philosophy, the ideology, and they've tailored it to our system in order to destroy our system. These aren't democratic socialists or progressives or social activists. Enough with the passivity. Enough with the passivity. We're getting close. It'll be out soon. Not soon enough for me, but it'll be out soon. We're moving everything as fast as we can each and every day. Each and every day I'm going through the final editing. And the book begins with a chapter called It's Here. Then there's chapter two, Breeding Mobs. Then there's chapter three, Hate America, Inc., Chapter 4, Racism, Genderism, and Marxism. Chapter 5, Climate Change, Fanaticism. Chapter 6, Propaganda, Censorship, and Subversion. And Chapter 7 could have easily been called the Pushback Chapter, but I called it We Choose Liberty. This book is about 100 pages longer than any book I've ever written. There are hundreds and hundreds of endnotes, so you can follow them to their original source if you wish. And yet it's still not long enough. But I can't write a thousand-page book because nobody will write it. But I might write a volume two. But we have to get started now. Now. And you can hear the things I've been talking about over the last several months, right? Using the word Marx and Marxism. That was taboo. Even on Fox, on other channels. It's not taboo anymore. That's a good thing. In Liberty and Tyranny, 12 years ago, I talked about how Immigration was being used to change the demographics of the nation in order to help the Democrat Party. Now you hear people talking about it. They didn't talk about it before. Critical race theory. How often do we talk about that? And we can go on and on. That's not the point. The point is, and here you're going to have in one book, it's all going to be pulled together. It's all going to be pulled together for you. And then it's, okay, kids, it's action time. Now we go on offense, now we push back. That's why 60 Minutes brings this this buffoon, Michael Lewis, the premonition on to trash Trump. That's why they fight like hell to try and deny us publication, deny us position. 60 Minutes would never bring me on to discuss my book. Even if they did, it would be a constant hit job with carefully edited sentences to take my words and my arguments and spin them. 
That's the nature of American media. And I wrote a whole book on the media, so I didn't write another one, but I dig even deeper into them too. No stone unturned, period. No PC, period. And Amazon has it at 38% off right now, at least as long as it's up on Amazon. We're going to have to push hard now against the cancel culture, hard now against the censorship police, because that is coming. It's just a matter of time. That's why I'm saying the silent majority is silent no longer. We need to show up, not by the tens of thousands, by the hundreds of thousands. And if we can demonstrate that we can hold on to this number one position on Amazon, look, I know you don't like Amazon. You think I like this? I don't. But we have to make advances. We have to, we have to push ahead. If we can show them that we can control that number one spot and they have no power to stop us, then they're going to know, uh-oh, what are we up against? Well, this is what they're up against. You. Millions and millions of you. So if you have a chance, I hope you'll go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and pre-order your copy. And by the way, for those who are concerned, when they discount it, you will get the best discount that they offer before it's released. Right now it's off at 38%. But it's not enough for you and me. You can read it, but you've got to make sure other people in your circle read it, whether it's a church or synagogue, whether it's your kids or your grandkids, particularly if they're going to school or whatever. They need to be armed. They need to be prepared. And sometimes you're frustrated, I bet. You say, what's happening to my kid? Well, say to your kid, look, you want me to keep paying tuition? Then you've got to read this book. Or you want me to help? At least read the book. Or do me one favor. Read the book. And I bet we get calls here in a couple of months saying, I read the book and a light bulb went off. All right, let's circle back as... Pasaki says, because there's a lot to cover here, including the corrupt teachers union. So we were talking about this guy, Weiss, who's a Swiss billionaire, who's had an enormous impact on funding the Democrat Party through a number of surrogates and front groups, and had a great impact in the 2020 election. That's what this New York Times piece is essentially saying. You saw it with Zuckerberg, you see it with Soros. Why do these billionaires want Democrats to win? I thought the Democrats were against billionaires, taxing the hell out of them for the little people. Why? Because it benefits these billionaires. That's why. Gives them power. Gives them access. Crushes their competition. That's why. Price Floyd, a spokesman for two of Mr. Vice's operations. I don't normally sit here and read news. This is very, very important. The Vice Foundation and the Berger Action Fund, both of which are based in Washington, pushed back on suggestions that his giving was intended to help the Democrat Party, suggesting his focus was on issues important to him. But the Weiss Foundation, which is housed in a stately 19th century Georgian revival mansion in the DuPont Circle neighborhood of Washington, you see, fighting for the Democrats comes with its, uh, its benefits in a stately mansion. Listen to this. The Vice Foundation has more than $2 billion in assets at the end of 2019. $2 billion in assets. This is what we're up against. It's registered under a section of the tax code that prohibits it from spending money to expressly support partisan political campaigns. But it can, 
and does donate to groups that seek to influence the political debate in a manner that aligns with Democrats and their agenda, including the Center for American Progress, a liberal think tank where Mr. Weiss sits on the board. The organization was started by Clinton, mobster in my view, John D. Podesta, a top White House aide to Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, a foundation that Mr. Weiss led as chairman and that has since merged with the Weiss Foundation, paid Mr. Podesta as an advisor, and the two men remain close, according to associates. But it's not Democrat. The Burger Action Fund, which shares facilities and staff with the Vice Foundation, had assets of nearly $65 million at the end of March 2020, according to its recent tax filings. The fund is registered under a section of the tax code that allows it to spend money supporting and opposing candidates or to donate to groups that do. Mr. Floyd said Burger Action had its own policy barring any of its funds from being used to support or oppose political candidates or electoral activities. And because the recipients of funds from this, these Weiss organizations do not have to disclose many details, including which donations are used for which projects, it's not clear how they use the money originating from Mr. Weiss's operation. But some of the groups funded by Burger Action help pay for campaign ads, helping Democrats and attacking Republicans, including Mr. Trump, and gave to other groups that did. The voluntary restriction is potentially notable, given questions about Mr. Vice's citizenship. While Mr. Vice donated nearly $70,000 to Democratic congressional candidates and left-leaning political action committees from 1990 to 2003, does not appear to have made any such donations to federal candidates or PACs since. Mr. Weiss's representatives provided tax filings. Let's see if, let's invite this man on the program, Mr. Producer. I don't know how to find him. Just try and track him down. Apparently he hangs out in Wyoming. Maybe try and work through the Burger Action Fund. Or one of these other groups that are listed in this article. Over half, listen, over half a billion dollars in so-called dark money that cannot be traced was used in the last presidential campaign to help Joe Biden and to defeat Donald Trump. Do you understand what I'm saying? And earlier in this New York Slimes piece, they also pointed out that a number of associates to Mr. Vice served on the transition team and some are now in the Biden administration. Our representation is all but destroyed. The way Pelosi conducts herself and Schumer conducts himself, you know these people know who Mr. Vice is. You know they work with Stelter, or whatever that guy's name is, Tim, uh, the, the other billionaire. You know they know of Soros and work with him. So there's these oligarchs, not just in new tech or big tech, but in these other enterprises, including people with... Uh, Foreign addresses. Including people with foreign addresses. This isn't a movement the Democrat Party is leading. Marxism almost never has the support of the majority. It has the support of elites. It has the support of radicals. And what they do is they devour the various institutions and take control of them which is exactly what's happening in our country right now. I'll be right back. 
love in. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. WABC Jerry in Passaic, New Jersey. You met the standard, sir. How are you? I'm fine. I ordered your book two days ago. I'm waiting for it. And in fact, I'm waiting to, uh, two more weeks. I want to go and I'm going to order your audio as well. I like to have both. Well, thank you, sir. And that's helped me with a lot of ammunition. But the other two guys, your two best buddies, also have their books. I have Limbaugh's books and Hannity's books. So I use the three of them as the uh, as the uh, a triad of weapons. Let, let me just speak for myself. Um... And those are two fantastic men with fantastic books and so forth. For me, this is the most important book I've ever written. It is my ninth book. And it's the most important book I've ever written for several reasons. Number one, the topic. American Marxism. It needs to be spoken now. We need to take the nomenclature back. We need to take the language back. Number two, our times are... Severe, extraordinarily dangerous if you believe in liberty. We're not just at the precipice, we're in the precipice, and we are falling into the abyss. And so we need to climb our way out. We need to be strong. We need to be red-blooded Americans. I don't care what color our skin is. There are many people who listen to this show who are not white. And there are many who listen who are white. This is a very diverse audience in terms of physical characteristics, in terms of, uh, of, of sex. We have gay people who listen to this show, which is when as many people as possible to listen to this show. Because they tell us. We have, uh, obviously, Jewish folks, Christian folks, Muslims, atheists, God knows. This is all important. Whatever little differences we have, I make the point of the book, we must put aside... We must unite. We must rally to the defense of our nation and our own liberty and for our families. We must put aside the relatively minor things and defend what is ours. And what is ours? At birth, our unalienable rights. We lose this country, we lose our unalienable rights. By far, this is the most important book I've ever written. We'll be right back. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. And by the way, this program is heard all over the world. People listening on satellite, on the Internet, people listening on their apps. I'm, seriously, we get contacted from all over the world. And over in Israel, there's a man by the name of Naftali Bennett. Takes 120 seats to fill the Knesset. His party and he represents seven. Seven. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But he wants to be prime minister. And so he's threatening Benjamin Netanyahu if he doesn't get everything he wants, including a, a big, significant stint as prime minister in the first round, with a bunch of his cronies being uh, given some of the best cabinet positions in Israel, well, he's going to join the leftists and the Arabs. Because a guy doesn't have a principal bone in his body, even though he has always claimed to be right of Netanyahu. Can't wait three, four, five years until Netanyahu finally retires. Meanwhile, Netanyahu and his party have the biggest percentage of the, uh, of the seats. So this guy Bennett is going back and forth between the radicals and the libs and the Arabs who want to build a coalition, and they're willing to give him a year, which means he won't be able to do anything, in order to destroy Netanyahu. But look at the challenges Netanyahu has. He's got two huge enemies, the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran and the anti-Semitic Democratic Party in our own country. So from where I sit, I'm still rooting for Bibi. And I hope and wish him and our friends in Israel the best. you got a lousy system. The socialists that founded your country looked at the Italian system and said, Hey, we're going to do that! And so uh, they can't seem to put a little government together. And yet, about 70% of the population are right of center. But because they have all these minor parties, and then they have these backstabbing saboteurs like Sauer and uh, whatever his name is, and Bennett, um, they got problems. We had Benedict Arnold, they had Bennett Arnold. The teachers' union. I'm sure you've heard this discussed throughout the day, but not from me. This story actually broke a couple of days ago in the New York Post. John Levine. Powerful teachers' union influenced CDC on school reopenings email show. The American Federation of Teachers lobbied the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on and even suggested language for the federal agency's school reopening guidance released in February. The powerful teachers' union full-court press preceded the federal agency putting the brakes on a full reopening of in-person classrooms. Emails between top CDC, AFT, and White House officials show. Now this is a scandal. This is the second scandal I'm discussing tonight. They have dark money, much of it coming from a Swiss citizen, a billionaire, laundered through these various left-wing organizations to affect the election. Half a billion dollars in dark money. This is a Democrat party. 
Now, their unions, their public sector unions, they don't care about their private sector unions. The public sector unions, they don't even care about the cops or the firefighters. The teachers union, let me be specific. They call the shots. That's why you've heard Joe Biden as a weasel throughout all this. The emails were obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request by the conservative watchdog group Americans for Public Trust and provided to the Post. Good for them. The documents show a flurry of activity between CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky, her top advisors and union officials, with Biden brass being looped in at the White House in the days before the highly anticipated February 12 announcement on school opening guidelines. Thank you again for Friday's rich discussion about forthcoming CDC guidance and for your openness to the suggestions made by our President Randy Weingarten, left-wing nutjob, and the AFT, wrote AFT Senior Director for Health Issues, Kelly Troutner, in a February 1 email which described the union as the CDC's thought partner. Oh, they're thought partners. Isn't that great? We were able to review a copy of the draft guidance document over the weekend and were able to provide some initial feedback to several staff this morning about possible ways to strengthen the document, said the union thug. Now listen to me. That means the AFT, which in many ways is even more radical than the NEA, was involved in the decision-making process of the CDC. That means the AFT, the teachers' union, was literally writing language for the CDC. And of course, the job of the, of the head thug that runs that union is to represent her members, not the children. And last time I checked, she's not an infectious disease expert either. We believe our experiences on the ground can inform and enrich thinking around what is practicable and prudent in future guidance documents. No, it's not. You follow the science. The science is get your ass in the classroom. Walensky wasn't on the February 1 email, the head of the CDC, but it was forwarded to her by Carol Johnson, the White House Coronavirus Testing Coordinator. So this goes all the way to the Oval Office, ladies and gentlemen. This is a big-time scandal. Many of you suburban women, among others, who voted for Biden, you know, we, we need somebody who doesn't tweet. We, we need a real level-headed guy here who's going to help. What a bunch of fools you are. Many emails included Will McEntee, Associate Director of Public Engagement at the White House. Look at the stupid titles they give themselves. We're immensely grateful for your genuine desire to earn our confidence and your commitment to partnership the union thug said in another email to Walensky on February 3rd. Emails show a call between Walensky and Weigarten. That's the head of the CDC and the head of the AFT. It was arranged for February 7th. The lobbying paid off. In at least two instances, language suggestions, quote-unquote, offered by the union were adopted nearly verbatim into the final text of the CDC document with the CDC preparing to write that schools could provide in-person instruction regardless of community spread of the virus, Troutner argued for the inclusion of a line reading in the event of high community transmission results from a new variant of SARS-CoV-2. A new update of these guidelines may be necessary. That language appeared on page 22 of the final CDC guidance. Do you have access to the CDC like this, folks? And the Democrats have no problem with this. 
Now, they don't give a flying you-know-what about the science. The science. Oh, look at this. We aborted a fetus. No, it's a baby. No, no, the science says it's a fetus. The AFT also demanded special remote work concessions for teachers, quote, who have documented high-risk conditions or who are at increased risk for COVID-19, and that similar arrangements should extend to, quote, staff who have a household member, unquote, with similar risk. A lengthy provision for that made it into the text of the final guidelines. So it's not like the CDC thought about this or it came up itself. Marty, cut it out. Marty can't stand uh, Randy Weingarten. Come here, buddy. Actually, he's, he's a scaredy cat, even though he's a dog of the thunder. Supposedly, we have a tornado working its way through the, uh, the bunker area. Now, in a widely viewed CNN interview on February 14, anchor Jake Tapper grilled Walensky and demanded to know why the guidelines would allow schools in areas with high coronavirus community spread, known as red zones, to opt out of in-person reopening, noting that 99% of U.S. kids fell within those areas. His point is, these areas that you've numbered, this is where most of the kids actually live and go to school. He said, can you point to any scientific reason for students in the U.S. not to return to the person class, in-person classes tomorrow? If you're in middle school or high school, we would advocate for virtual learning for that group. And she mumbled on, made no sense. So basically, the CDC, it didn't buckle to the teachers' union. It wanted the teachers' union to help them draft the document. How about any parents' groups? I don't mean the hack parents' groups. I mean real independent parents' groups. Were they asked to help participate? Of course not. But this isn't supposed to be a committee operation. This is supposed to be based on science. And the science says the kids go to school. And the teachers are vaccinated. And they are vaccinated. Thanks to Operation Warp Speed. They're trying to shake down the parents, shake down the taxpayers, shake down the school district. Another power play, and it is grotesque that they would use our kids as pawns, use your kids, my grandkids, use the government school system. You've paid for every damn thing in that school, everything. The personnel, the building, the textbooks, All of it. And this is how they treat you. And the Democrat Party wants you to think that if you don't keep sending money into these classrooms more and more and more and more and more, that the quality of education will go down. No, it won't. One has nothing to do with the other. You're just paying people more money. And then their unions are donating more money. As well as precinct troops on election day. And this is how the Democrat Party works. So there's scandal number two. Scandal number one was this guy, Swiss billionaire Weiss. Hundreds of millions of dollars laundered through various groups to push an agenda. Some of which, yes, were involved in defeating Donald Trump and trying to defeat the Republicans. And now the CDC guidelines, oh my God, it's the guidelines. Oh my God. And here I was, more than a year ago, questioning their definition of how people were categorized as dying from the coronavirus 
and Media Matters got very upset. As Soros Front Group, this is how it works. Big tech, big media like 60 Minutes, hawking somebody's book to attack Trump. This is how it works, and we're going to continue to expose it. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, let's get cut nine ready, Mr. Producer. Nicole Hannah-Jones of the 1619 Project, a pseudo-historian of even that level. New York Slimes reporter. She's won the Pulitzer Prize. I don't even know if she's still with the New York Slimes. Doesn't really matter to me. And she says this about critical race theory. (laughs) Excuse me. Cut nine, go. I doubt that uh, Rick DeSantis or most Republicans actually know what critical race theory is. Uh, I doubt they have read any actual critical race theory text. Critical Stop. race theory. I've read it. Nicole, may I call you Nicole? I've read it. I've read it. From the earliest days. I had to spend weeks of my life reading this racist poison. That you promote, that professors across the country promote. This kook friend racist ideology. I've read it. I read what Bell had to say. I read what so many others had to say. And it's in American Marxism. But you see, she's smarter than everybody else, even though she's a moron. She has bastardized American history. She is a Marxist racist, in my view. I'm just waiting for one of these people to sue me, Mr. Producer. Then I get all their communications. Everything. But go on for a couple of decades and all of a sudden, uh, now it's all that you hear them talking about. No, it's not all of a sudden. It's now pronounced in our classrooms. You can't miss all the books that have been published on the subject, many of them very recently. Many of them very recently making multimillionaires out of race baiters. And they make a fortune in giving speeches to universities and colleges as well, or to the Anti-Defamation League. 
So uh, you're in our face. The New York Times is promoting it. The Washington Post is promoting it. Principals and administrators are promoting it. The government unions are promoting it. So we're not going to ignore it. You know, one of the benefits, and I know this sounds strange, of this horrific virus has been parents are able to listen in on what their kids are being taught as if they're sitting in the classroom. And they're hearing this crap. And they're shocked by it. Go ahead. Um, And what critical... Because the way that they describe critical race theory is actually not what critical race theory is. There are facts. The fact is, Rick DeSantis is is speaking about the lack of systemic racism from a state that was de jure segregated. A Jim Crow state that had uh, segregation and anti-black laws all across uh, every county in the state where black people could not really vote until uh, the uh, Voting Rights Act, where there was de jure segregated schools, de jure segregated businesses. So to then argue in a state where legal discrimination existed in every aspect of American life until the 1960s, that there is no systemic racism. It's really arguing... There is no uh, systemic racism. Of course, she's overstating the case, and she does this a great deal. But even if you accept that that's half a century ago, a lot has happened in a half a century. There is no systemic racism in Florida, which she points to, which is amazing that she would. The population of Florida has changed enormously. The number of people have changed. There's a huge Hispanic population and black population. So she has no idea what she's talking about. None. And that's why she won't come on a program like this. Go ahead and invite her, Mr. Producer, so we can say we've asked again. She won't do it. She won't explain to you that critical race theory was born out of Marxism. A guy by the name of Herbert Marcuse. Now the backbenchers will be quickly Googling Herbert Marcuse's name, both in radio and TV, and try and demonstrate to you how sharp they are. Stick with me. I know this stuff. I had to live this stuff for months and months and months. She won't explain that either. She won't even explain, and I know this is provocative because it goes against the narrative, where did these slaves come from originally? How did they wind up on these boats? And this, of course, is well before 1776 when it started. How did any of this happen? But real historians who've gotten Pulitzer Prizes as well, they write about this, that it's a mixed bag. You just can't keep blaming European white people or white people in the United States for these events. Or can you? So, the crits, the critical race theory types, and I'll call them crits, they don't want to have a real debate on this. They don't want to really go back to even before 1619, do they? They don't want to go back to another continent to find out how these things, not in every instance, obviously, but in so many instances took place. They don't want to talk about that. No. More when I return. This is the show the New York Times is afraid of. 
Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. What is critical race theory? Well, as I point out in Chapter 4 of American Marxism, where we spend a great deal of time on it, and I point out that Yuri Harris at Quillette explains critical theory draws heavily on Karl Marx's notion of ideology. Because the bourgeoisie, meaning, you know, us, controlled the means of production, Marx suggested they controlled the culture. So the founders of critical race theory developed this notion. So the laws, beliefs, morality of society reflected the interests of those who dominated society. And under critical race theory, who dominates society? White people. White people. And so the entire country serves the interests of just white people. Traditional theory, because it's uncritical towards power, automatically serves the powerful, white people. Philosophers have hitherto only interpreted the world in various ways. The point is to change it. Now, who can we credit for being sort of the godfather of these various movements that have been spawned from Marx? You'll learn his name too, Herbert Marcuse. Because he hatched what's called critical theory, critical theory ideology, from which you get critical race theory, critical gender theory, Latcric, that is Latino critical theory. And this is how these Marxist movements were launched in America. They were launched really around mid-1960s with the uh, New Left. And this guy was German. He was a Marxist ideologue of the Franklin School. And his writings were truly idiotic. Truly idiotic, and we go into that a little bit in the book too, just so you know. You'll actually know more than, than Jones does. America as a land of opportunity and freedom is said to be a fiction, I write, and the citizen majority which accepts the fiction is made up of mindless zombies, zombies unable to think for themselves, unwitting servants of their own persecutors, who themselves are undermining the cause of economic and political liberation. Tolerance is the means by which this con is accomplished. And one of the things Marcuse argues is tolerance. A tolerant society is an evil society. You're saying, what? That's correct. Because it's tolerant of what? Well, the way the critical race theory argues, it's tolerant of the oppressor, white privilege, and the oppressed, minorities. And Marcuse argued for the violent overthrow of American society because of this established hierarchy. And he's not the only one, of course. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, this is what they argue. And so I go into this in great detail. Robin D'Angelo, Ibrahim X., Kendi, they've become very, very wealthy, pushing their racist ideology. And so you will know all about this. We need to know all about these things in order to crush them, in order to confront them, in order to push back, ladies and gentlemen. 
If we don't know what we're, you know, fighting, then we don't know what we're doing. And so they spawn this critical race theory and a seemingly endless list of malcontented, I write, ideologically driven groups, all said to be victims of a white dominant race. Discrimination is based on race, ethnicity, gender, sexual preference, economics, a potential myriad of other diverse human characteristics, qualities, preferences, and circumstances. And of course, often individuals and groups are said to be victims of more than one kind of discrimination. That they have a new name for it, called intersectionality. Ooh, yes, all kinds of names. And you didn't even know you're responsible for all this. And see, they deal in stereotypes, they deal in prejudices, whether they're talking about predators or victims based on race, assumptions are made about individuals grounded on their physical, religious, ancestral, and other characteristics. But human beings are more than racial beings, just as they're more than economic beings. And the Mark ideology preaches a monumental and deadly distortion of man's nature. We, you, we're complex and complicated, unique and spiritual. And we're influenced by innumerable events and circumstances, motivations and desires, having nothing to do with race. Nothing to do with race. But for the preachers of this ideology, Delgado, Stefanik, and others, who you'll learn about, racism is rampant, it's ubiquitous, it's conscious and unconscious, it's everywhere, there's no escaping it. Minorities are relentlessly victimized as individuals in a class, in small ways and large, by white dominance. And short of eradicating society, there's no cure. That's the mindset, and that's the doctrine. And you're going to learn a lot more about that. You're going to learn about the gender movement. And by this, I don't mean gays and gay marriage. I mean the, the gender movement. It is an odd thing, though, as I think about LGBTQ, right? Isn't that a little weird when you're told to not describe people or acknowledge people or speak about people based on their genitalia, and then we have an organization that's based totally on genitalia. Well, hypocrisy isn't exactly a weak point if you're a Marxist. Now, what you haven't heard, and what I will explain in the book, again, in some great detail, is that this critical race theory and its advocates actually despise the civil rights movement of the 1960s. They despise Martin Luther King Jr., even though they don't necessarily say so, but some do. Now, why? Why would they despise Martin Luther King Jr.? Because he preached about a colorblind society. He didn't want to burn down the country. He wanted to effectuate change. But these people are Marxists. They want to effectuate destruction. And as you'll also see, they attack Brown versus Board of Education. They attack other advances that were made in the 50s and 60s and 70s as nothing but papering over the white dominant society and permitting, as I said with this Marcuse said, tolerance. We can't have tolerance. We need to have violence. One chapter is like a glove into the next chapter into the next chapter. What's being taught exactly in our colleges and universities and by whom? 
how they create a mob, how they create a violent mob. These are tenured professors. These various Marxist movements that have been spawned, I call them Americanized Marxism. Well, Mark, what are we going to do? That's the last chapter. Just going to have to wait till the book comes out so we can go through it. So we're not nitpicking, or I'm not addressing it in a cherry-picked way. I'm addressing it in a more comprehensive way. Like, I've barely touched the surface on this issue. I just want you to know that when you jump in on this revolution, we had the Tea Party Revolution, the Reagan Revolution, the Trump Revolution. When you jump in on this revolution, the anti-Marxist, pro-American revolution, that you're going to be ready. And I encourage as many of you as possible to be ready on day one to pre-order your copies. Make sure your family has enough. If you have kids or in other cities or so forth, them too. I'm convinced, and I've told my wife this, I've told you folks this, if we have a million people who are armed up with knowledge, with information, and are prepared to be activists in small ways and large, depending on your life, what role you can play, but there's many things you can do. We will get our Constitution back. We will get our unalienable rights back. We will get our private property rights back. We will get our representative government back. Just stick with me. If there's not enough of us, we won't. And it starts today. On Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, all of them. It starts today. Where they think they're going to stop us. They're not going to stop us. I'm convinced of it. You Levinites are too damn patriotic. So if you can get your pre-order, please get it. There's no reason to wait. And then on day one, we'll all be ready and we'll go through this. I'll be right back. Mark Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right, now if you hear a bark in the background, that's our man Marty here, who's lying next to me because the weather is a little turbulent. He doesn't like thunder. And so I brought him in here to sit right by my feet. And I wish he was here with his little buddy, too, Barney. In two weeks uh, from today, Barney will have passed away. 
And you know how I am with dogs. And so uh, Ameritopia was dedicated in memory of three of our dogs. And that would be Pepsi, Griffey, and Sprite. Well, this book will be dedicated to Barney at the back of the book. I'm sure the left will think that's pretty hilarious. But then again, the left is detestable. And I don't much care. And you need to think the same way. Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's a victim. Cut eight, go. The leader also wrote in his letter to the Secretary of Education, quote, Families did not ask for this divisive nonsense. Voters did not vote for it. Americans never decided our children should be taught that our country is inherently evil. I know you uh, take issue certainly with that characterization. What is your reaction to now this Now this one? is the, uh, the so-called recorder's Brianna Keeler, dumb as a uh, don't, uh, doorknob. You've heard her before. Now let's listen to Hannah Jones. Go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on and talking about this. I would love to have you on my show to talk about this. Hannah, may I call you uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones? Go ahead. I'd like to kind of reframe the question just a bit, because this is fundamentally a free speech issue. If you look at the rhetoric of uh, Senator McConnell and of state legislators all across the country that are trying to get bills passed to prohibit the teaching of the 1619 Project, it's not about the facts of history. It's about trying to prohibit the teaching of ideas that they don't like. She's a free speech advocate. That's why she's been so critical of big tech, not in the least. That's why she's been so critical of her home paper, the New York Slimes, not in the least. That's why she's been critical of news coverage generally, not in the least. So you see, if school districts vote not to use her crap, her poisonous, racist, dishonest crap it's a free speech issue i don't know what lawyers she's been talking to but this has nothing to do with free speech nothing nothing go ahead you know i have been a little appalled by the silence uh, of free speech advocates as oh they're... she's appalled by the silence of free speech advocates hey join the club join the white dominated culture club how stupid is this Poor thing. She gets a Pulitzer Prize. The New York Slimes is behind her. Her crap's in thousands of schools. And she's really very disturbed by the uh, silence of the free speech advocates. Because if you don't allow her crap in the classroom, then obviously you're a racist and it violates free speech. Go ahead. Ideas from being taught in schools um, are being introduced all across the country. But in response to what he's saying, what? Uh, I... I've been a little appalled by the silence of free speech advocates as their attempts to ban ideas from being taught in schools are being introduced all across the country. Okay, so what what, what are you whining about? That people are trying to end it so that kids can have a real education, not indoctrination? A little sanctimonious, don't you think? Go ahead. Of course, there's no single line or argument in the 1619 Project that claims that this country is an evil The country. whole ideology and your 1619 project is to paint America as an evil country. That's the whole point. You take 1776, I've read your crap, and so have a number of historians, and you turn it inside out that the American Revolution was to basically enshrine 
the slave mentality and slavery. It's a lie. That literally had nothing to do with the American Revolution. But at least your kids are being taught this. Unless, of course, we rise up and put an end to it. We're the ones who support free speech, not indoctrination, not brazen racism, dressed up as education. We don't care about the New York Times. The New York Times covered up the screams of six million Jews who were being burned to death, slaughtered, tortured. The New York Times was a propaganda machine for Joseph Stalin when he was slaughtering millions of Ukrainians. We don't turn to the New York Times for any direction on anything. Talk about a crap newspaper. That corporation should have been shut down a long time ago in the name of free speech. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. In addition to 60 Minutes Hawking a preposterous book trashing Donald Trump. They did an interview with a preposterous man who is our Secretary of State. His name is Anthony Blinken. I'm going to play you two clips. One of them is a minute and five seconds. The other is 40 seconds. And I'm going to predict to you right now, even though I am not in the prediction business, that if China attacks Taiwan, it'll be this interview. This interview. That encouraged them to do it sooner rather than later. I want you to listen to the first minute that I play for you in the context of what I just said. Okay? So it's Anthony Blinken or Nora O'Donnell, 60 minutes. He's the Secretary of State. Cut one, go. It is the one country in the world that has the military, economic, diplomatic uh, capacity to undermine or challenge the rules-based order that we, uh, uh, we care so much about and are determined uh, to defend. But I want to be very clear about something, and, and this is important. Our purpose is not to contain China, to hold it back, to keep it down. It is to uphold this rules-based order um, that China is posing a challenge to. Anyone who poses a challenge to that order, we're going to stand up and, and defend it. I know you say the goal is not to contain China, but have you ever seen China be so assertive or aggressive militarily? So stop right there. Our goal is not to contain China. Xi and the other butchers hear this. That's all they need to hear. None of the rest of it matters. None of it. None of it. 
She's not sitting there worried about rules-based decisions, a rules-based order. Now, what the hell is this fool thinks going on in the South China Sea with these artificial islands that have been militarized? See, things going on in Hong Kong, where 40-some years left on their deal with the British Empire. She doesn't care. He's devouring Hong Kong. What about the rules about flying in the airspace of another country? They're flying in the airspace every single day over Taiwan. They don't care. They don't view it as another country. So they want to uphold this rules-based order. But uh, look, we're, we're not trying to contain China. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe I'm the only one who picked up on it, but those are words that are going to live on forever. This will be the moment that is noted. There will be others because of the foolishness of this administration. But this interview will have an impact and will trigger war in my view. Just a matter of time. Go ahead. No, we haven't. I think what we've witnessed over the last uh, several years is China acting more repressively at home and more aggressively abroad. That is a fact. What's China's goal? I think that over time, China believes that it, uh, it, it can be and should be and will be the dominant uh, country in the world. Uh-huh. But our goal is not to contain them. We need to have a rules-based order, you see. Well, a rules-based order can be with them dominating us. That can be a rules-based order, too. So that was the first one minute and five seconds I wanted you to hear. Now I want you to hear this next 40 seconds. Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, 60 minutes, Nora O'Donnell. This 60 minutes does grave damage to this country, but they've exposed this Secretary of State. And they're the vessel through which he's just communicated to China that our goal is not to contain you. Cut to go. Do you think we're heading towards some sort of military confrontation with China? I think it's profoundly against the interests of both China and the United States uh, to to get to that point or even to head in that direction. Let's talk about human rights. Mm. Describe what you see it's happening in Xinjiang that maybe the rest of the world doesn't. We've made clear that um, we see uh, a genocide having taken place against uh, the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. More than a million people have been put into choose your term, concentration camps, re-education camps, internment camps. When Beijing says, oh, there's a a terrorism threat, uh, which uh, we don't see, it's not coming from a million people. Okay, so now he has surrendered all the human rights aspects to any foreign policy. It's an utterly immoral foreign policy. So they know, they say, over a million Uyghurs are in concentration camps. It's more like over two million. It's an enormous number of people. Just think about it. It's larger than most of our main major cities in this country. And he has access to more information than the rest of us about the kind of activities that are taking place there. Now, is this the sort of thing Ronald Reagan would think or say? What would Ronald Reagan say? What did he say about the Soviet Union? What did he tell his people? He's not interested in containment. Blinken says they're not even interested in containing China. China should be what China wants to be. Just follow the rules. 
Is that what Ronald Reagan said about the Soviet Union? Look, we don't want to contain China. and so China will be what China will be. Reagan wanted to defeat the Soviet Union. Economically, destroy them. I've often said the Trump foreign policy doctrine was very sim- similar to the Reagan doctrine. Peace through strength. And to use our economic might, as long as we have it anyway... To use our economic might to the extent we can to defeat the communist Chinese. But they don't even say that. They don't believe that. So China says, you know what? We have an open lane here and we're going to run. There's not a damn thing they can do about it. There's not a damn thing they want to do about it. And of course, China's not the only one that sees this. We've made it clear that we see a genocide taking place against the Uyghurs in Zhejiang. Who cares? You've made it clear. Everybody's made it clear. It's just so provocative. Provocative. Biden's position is weakness. Through weakness. And so you're the communist Chinese in Beijing, and you're watching this. You're watching... The budget he proposes for the military, which doesn't even cover inflation. You're watching how he's undoing virtually every important strategic national security move the Trump administration has made. You're watching how they're going to hand over billions of dollars to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. You're listening to the Secretary of State who they humiliated a few months ago, humiliated him right to his face, which means attempted to humiliate you and me, our own country. And now this interview, look, our purpose is not to contain China or hold it back or keep it down. No, 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 just follow the rules. Have you ever heard of anything so stupid and naive in your life? While they're hollowing out our military, and even worse, while they're dispiriting our military, while they're pushing that crap critical race theory and gender race the- gender theory, they're pushing it into the United States military. We're investigating our own military for extremism. Is there some evidence of that? Very little, if any. We're undermining law enforcement, undermining our military, destroying our own border and sovereignty. Communist China's watching, watching this idiot say, we're not interested in containing or holding them back or keeping them down. You're damn wrong about that. We sure as hell are. We sure as hell are. See, Biden's worse than Jimmy Carter. His old buddy who he visited the other day. As I said on the air the other day, Biden is a mix between Obama and Carter. That's the worst of all worlds. And he's by far dumber than both. But you heard it here first. This interview, from the perspective of the genocidal communist regime in Beijing, with Xi, this interview, I believe, will be what sparks an attack on Taiwan. Have you heard a single Senator House Republican condemn this? Not one. 
But as we know, we'll say it here, and then things will join in, and they'll start tomorrow, hopefully. I'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Bruce Thompson, writing in the Washington Examiner, he was the Assistant Secretary of Treasury for Legislative Affairs during the Reagan administration. So the Biden administration has proposed trillions of dollars in new spending and tax increases, but these plan- plans have contained little or no budget details. And the White House has used budget sleight of hand to hide the true costs involved. And you haven't heard this anywhere, except from this gentleman who writing it in the Washington Examiner. Releasing its plans, the White House has ignored standard budgeting conventions and used an accounting gimmick to make the proposed spending look smaller and the proposed tax revenue look larger. Now, the first budget gimmick is to provide a cost estimate for the administration's infrastructure plan, the American Jobs Plan, yeah, for only eight years instead of the standard budget convention of ten years. That way they make it look much smaller. The White House fact sheet states that the plan will invest about $2 trillion in this decade. But White House officials have admitted that the $2 trillion number is imprecise. The real spending is closer to $2.4 trillion, and that number does not include more than $400 billion in new tax credits for various programs, making the real eight-year number not $2 trillion, not $2.4 trillion, but $2.8 trillion. But hold on. Over 10 years... The true, true cost of the plan is at least $3.5 trillion, nearly the double original estimate. So not $2 trillion, $3.5 trillion. The second budget gimmick comes in the form of an estimate of the revenue raised over 15 years, not the conventional 10 years. So they shrink the period of time they measure the spending in order to make it look smaller, and they expand the time that they claim they're going to raise taxes to make it look like it's almost debt neutral. This ruse allows the White House to overestimate the amount of money coming in, so it can then claim the proposed tax increases cover the cost of its proposed spending. See, told you. But that's not the case. The corporate tax increases would raise an estimated $2.5 trillion over 15 years, according to the Treasury. This works out to about $1.7 trillion over 10 years, which means that only about half of the $3.5 trillion to be spent over the same 10 years would be covered. In sum, the White House accounting gimmickry 
is hiding the actual cost of its spending plans, overestimating the tax revenue coming in to pay for the spending, and obscuring the plan's actual impact on the budget. Every journalist covering this issue has either missed this budget gamesmanship or is in on the rules and has neglected to point it out. The real projected cost of the three Biden spending plans, ready for this, is at least $7.2 trillion over the next 10 years. Not six, 7.2. Less than half of this spending is covered by the proposed tax increases, which are massive increases, by the way. The White House has not released the projected cost estimates for the increased interest costs from the higher deficits, a number that's likely hundreds of billions of dollars. Now, why should you care? Well, because the $7 trillion plus in new spending is about one-third the size of the entire United States economy. It's nearly double the amount of money spent by the entire government in 2019. These plans should be debated on their merits using accurate budget projections and estimates. The last thing we should do is consider massive spending and tax proposals using accounting tricks and incomplete budget numbers to hide their true impact. This is a crucially important piece. And yet nobody gives a damn. Nobody gives a damn. $7.2 trillion. Massive tax increase. Massive doesn't even come close. And the interest on the debt. One of the reasons the Federal Reserve is trying to keep interest rates down is not to help you. It's to help the federal government. Because if interest rates go to their real level, in other words, if they're floated, and the market determines what the rates are, rather than the, the Fed Board of Governors, Even if they go up a little tick, that is a massive increase in the federal budget, which shows the interest on the debt. It's a big deal. So the spending is worse and the debt is worse than they're letting on. They're using tricks, chicanery, and the media are ignoring it. And this former Reagan official is calling them out. Now let's see how many in the media will pay attention to this tomorrow. Hopefully many. Doubtfully any. That's the truth. By the way, we're going to have a great guest on. How much time do I have left here, Mr. Producer? We're going to have a great guest on after the bottom of the hour. I've done a video for this gentleman. It's called Our Community Salutes. And my wife sits on their board... But that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it, and she sits on the board because it is a wonderful organization that I've and others have supported, Pete Hegseth and so forth. We're going to talk to Dr. Kenneth Hartman. He's the founder of our community salutes. He served in the military, and he believes around 150,000 high school seniors who graduate high school and join the military are our unsung heroes. So he started this group so communities throughout America could hold enlistee recognition ceremonies in their communities closest to these graduates and their parents. Because every year thousands join the military. And so he started started this organization to support them. It's going to be a fascinating interview, not because of me, because of him. Hope you'll listen. We'll be right back. AM 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Blasting conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Well, it's a pleasure to have Dr. Kenneth Hartman on the program. How are you, sir? Mark, it is an honor for me to be with you and your listeners and to wish you happy Military Appreciation Month. All right. Now, explain what your organization is and why it's so important to this audience. Sure. So in 2009, in a moment of weakness, I agreed to serve at our local school board in South Jersey, New Jersey, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where I discovered that we were doing nothing to recognize a small number of kids who were graduating from a high school and who were enlisting directly in the military. In fact, nobody was doing it. So I organized a dinner in my community. I'm an old soldier myself, but I was an officer. These kids are enlisting. They're going right in. Many of them going off to war. And I organized a dinner in my community, and uh, it was a beautiful event for all the kids in our county. We're get out about it. The next thing you know, we got a call from a woman in Pittsburgh, and I helped her do it. And now, 12 years later, we're in over 50 locations across the country. We've honored tens of thousands of kids who are graduating from high school and who are, who are, who are going into military. These are the 1% of high school graduates who have put them, their country before themselves in order to give their fellow classmates the freedom and the opportunity to pursue their dreams. And unfortunately, what we have found is that very few schools and very few communities even recognize these things. In fact, I found many of these parents go underground. So last year, all of our ceremonies went down because of COVID. So I quickly pulled together some folks and we produced a historic one-hour show called America Salutes. And, of course, as you know, you were in that show last mm-hmm. year, and over a million people watched and helped us to celebrate these young patriots, again, many of whom will go on to college later on, but they're the ones. This is where our next George Washington is going to come from, these kids who have decided to be in the watchtower so their classmates can have the freedom to pursue their dreams. And if they don't think that we're behind them and we support their decision, then we as a nation, I think, are in more serious trouble than we want to imagine. And I would argue that now more than ever this is needed, given the uh, tumult in the world, given the tumult in our own country here. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And that's why we're coming back with America Salutes 2021 tomorrow night. As you know, Bashir, one of our stars in there, along with Pete Hexath and and, uh, Glenn Beck and many other people, uh, Rocky Blyer, 
uh, who will be who will be coming together to say thank you to the 150,000 kids. That's all. 150,000 kids make this decision every year. And so tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, America Salutes 2021 will premiere uh, with lots of entertainment. It's an hour-long show. And, of course, uh, more information is at americasalutes.us. But really, the other piece of this that's so important, and we did this last year, we're going to do it again this year, we created a virtual thank you card for the class of 2021. And the goal is to get 1 million Americans to sign that virtual thank you card so these kids, and as importantly, their parents, understand that their country is behind them. Uh, I think, you know, Mark, the military is having a very difficult time these days recruiting kids. They, they, they can't even get into high schools. So we're not talking much about that, but it's there. And for those that do sign up, this is our chance uh, during Military Appreciation Month to say thank you, sign that card, watch a show, and let them know that our country's behind them. Now, we're going to uh, post the link to your site, but if people are just listening, they're in their cars, where should they go to find out more information, particularly about tomorrow night? Right. All they have to do is go to americasalutes.us, americasalutes.us. There they can find out how to, they can register for the show, they can find out how to watch the show, and they can also do a link to uh, the virtual thank you card, all in one. So it's real simple, americasalutes.us. In fact, last year, I can tell you, last year when we did this, and we were on shows like yours and Glenn Beck, we literally brought the server down. So mm. we're doubling down this year to make sure. So what that tells me, Mark, is that America's, do love their their service members. Uh, sometimes they don't know how to show it. They don't know how to come out. It may not be as fashionable today, unfortunately, than, than it was. Certainly when I went in back in the 80s, most of my friends, including my Vietnam friend, uh, fellows who I served with, they didn't get recognized at all. But now it's a different story. And uh, as these kids are being deployed in a, the streets of America, it is so important that they understand that their country and their fellow citizens have their back. It's americasalutes.us, americasalutes.us. Now, you served in the military, mm-hmm. and your father, by the way, is a Holocaust survivor, correct? He is. Yeah, he is. In fact, uh, born and raised in Vienna, still alive down in Virginia. Um, and uh, if you're ever at the Holocaust Museum, ask for, to watch his story uh, under Paul Hartman. But it was a GI that rescued him. Um, and, uh, you know, and he was a fairly young boy, but point is that from the very beginning, uh, I learned the lesson of the importance of our nation and the people that serve it. If it wasn't for a GI, I certainly wouldn't be here today. He wouldn't be here today. And so, uh, you know, the military, for a lot of reasons, I, I, I uh, chose to serve, but at the core of it, uh, I think was, was, uh, was because of him. And by the way, he's a big fan of yours. <laughs> well, please give him my very, very best. And uh, we really hope tomorrow will be spectacular, that so many people will tune in. Folks, I really hope you'll go to americasalutes.us, americasalutes.us. You can find us on Parlor. We link directly to it. This is invigorating. This is inspiriting. These are 150,000 high school seniors who designed to join the military. These are the unsung heroes. And, and you'll be pr- proud to know that last year, next year we'll go back to, we have these, we have face-to-face ceremonies all over the country. Uh, we've been doing it this year. Unfortunately, we are 
We uh, our, our ceremonies are mostly virtual. In fact, as we speak right now, we have a ceremony going on in 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 uh, in Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas. I'll be at our ceremony in Dallas later this week. So, if your listeners have a son or daughter or a nephew who's going into the military, who's enlisting out of high school, have them come to our website. Find out whether or not there's an OCS at our community salute ceremony near them. Or if they'd like, they can sign up and watch some of our ceremonies. Some of the biggest names in the military and the civilian sector are speaking at these events throughout the year, uh, throughout, the, throughout the spring. So go to americasalutes.us. You can learn about the, the show tomorrow night. You can sign the card. And you can also find out whether or not there's a ceremony within your community uh, that, that you might want to attend this, this coming spring. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it really is. Uh, these kids uh, – are faced with some really big challenges, and their moms and dads, most of them who have never served, uh, oftentimes this time of year I, they go underground because they're tired of defending their son or daughter's decision to serve and not go to some fancy-schmancy college. Um, they need to hear from their neighbors. They need to hear from their fellow Americans that we do back their, their, their son or daughter's decision, and, and we thank them for supporting their son or daughter's decision. And I'll tell you, uh, when you watch this tomorrow night, folks, it's actually a lot of fun. And it'll give you a tremendous shot in the arm. It really will. AmericaSalutes.us. Ken, I want to thank you for everything you do for founding our community salutes. My wife loves your organization. She's on the board, as you know. You put her there. Yeah. And, uh, yes. and we want to thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Mark. God bless you and your listeners. And uh, 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 we'll, we'll talk to you after the show. You got it. And God bless. And, folks, I really want you to check this out. You did last year. Uh, it's tomorrow night. You just go over there to uh, americasalutes.us. It'll tell you everything you need to do. Our community salutes. This is such a magnificent project. Nobody makes money off this. They do all this voluntary work. It's just absolutely terrific. Um, our community salutes is the organization, and americasalutes.us is the link. And these young people, they're all high school seniors. These high school seniors that have, that have signed up, they, they deserve our uh, celebration of them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. I really hope you'll check this group out, americasalutes.us. All these seniors who are signing up for the military, I mean, we need to celebrate them, and they'll, tell, they'll show you where and how. 
at americasalutes.us. I was just, I'm laughing. I was just told of these books that are coming out around the time my book's coming out. And what's particularly fascinating is none of them are going head-to-head with me on the first week. They're a week or two before, a week or two after. Come head-to-head with me. Now, why is that important? Because in the first week, ladies and gentlemen, all these pre-orders are counted. It's very, very important that first week, which is why I'm strongly encouraging you to, to really march with me on this so I can march with you. But what happens is if people aren't confident, they check with their publisher, I don't want to go up against Levin. Well, they should go up against Levin. I'm talking about friends and foes alike. Not wait till a few weeks later, then you win in the third week because all your pre-orders count, then you put out the word that you beat me. Don't do that. Head to head. That's the way you do it. Nose to nose, right? Eyeball to eyeball. Not two or three weeks later. When the pre-orders aren't counted in the first week, I'll explain to the, more to you because actually publishing and writing, it's actually quite fascinating. I'm going to sort of lift the curtain a little bit and just show you more and more of this, how particularly authors try to game the system. I don't game anything. I don't game a damn thing. I tell you everything. But I would love books to come, authors, take me on one-on-one when my book comes out. Don't work around me, but it happens every damn time. Happens every time. And then they spin. Look at this. But we'll address it later. All right, let's take some calls, Mr. Producer. To whom shall I speak? XM Satellite Adam in the Nutmeg State, a.k.a. Connecticut. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark, can you hear me? You good? What? What? Hello? Hello, Adam, are you there? I was messing around with Adam, (laughs) and he's actually dropped off. I'm sorry. Just messing around, Adam. All right, is there anyone else there? Yes. XM Satellite Gary in Virginia. How are you, sir? Good evening, Mark. I just want to give you a quick story. My daughter's a school teacher. Yeah. STEM facilitator in uh, Fairfax County. Oh. And I said, I called her up. You know, we talk a lot. And I asked her a lot of questions. I said, I asked her a question about critical race theory. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh said, are you getting that pushed on? I said, oh, Dad, you're not going to believe this. We had this pamphlet in our mailbox. And it, she, you know, took a picture of it and sent it to me. And it says all right on the front, how to be an anti-racist. And that's said, what, what they that's what they pretend to call it. Go ahead. Yeah, and I said, well, what did you do with it? Well, I said, okay, I went up to find out who who uh, who uh, distributed this uh, garbage, and she goes, and she went to the person. Yeah, I put it out there. So now, who's above you who did that? So she went to the principal. She goes, hey, look. If you're calling me a racist, you and me are going to have problems. Are you insinuating I'm a racist? And she had nothing to say. Yeah, but they're still pushing the curriculum, particularly in Fairfax County and Loudoun County and all these northern Virginia counties. All right, my friend, tell your, your daughter we wish her the best. She's definitely in uh, on the shy side of the numbers in that union. No question about it. Eddie! 
Winchester, Virginia, the great W-I-N-C. Eddie, go right ahead, please. Yes, Mr. Levin, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. I wanted to Uh Uh-oh, we're losing you a little bit. By the way, everybody call me Mark. Okay, Mark. Go ahead. Delaware is a tax shelter, or has been a tax shelter in the 60s and 70s, and that was Mr. Biden's state. And and a tax shelter in this sense, people could put their headquarters there on paper in which they receive some state tax benefits or tax shelters, as you say, as a result. And that's why that's why Wilmington has all these big corporate bank and finance headquarters there because that's who they uh, that's who they try and entice. You're exactly right. Yep. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is your prior guest about the schools. Mm-hmm. I'm retired military, and we served and we got we served our country, but we got the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. Now that's how you get it. You got you got to get the gifts. In other words, what you're saying is, why are we doling out trillions of dollars to people who contribute nothing to this country or just woke, just came into the country? You served, and you are so right. It's an excellent point, Eddie. Excellent point. Yep. All right, buddy. Thanks for your call. That is so true. We give money to people. Why do they deserve it? Well, they have a child. Who cares? Well, they have. Who cares? Well, you're so heartless. No, I'm actually the opposite. I'm compassionate. Creating a massive welfare state where people won't go to work, where restaurants can't find workers. I can't tell you how many people have told me this. We can't get employed. You know, I'm driving by McDonald's now. They're actually paying people to interview. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? 50 bucks. Please come in and interview for the damn thing. Because... Business people, particularly small business people, whether they own a franchise, they have a small retail shop, whatever, you can't compete with the federal largesse where they just make these programs. Oh, you want a $1,400 check for your existence here? And by the way, every landlord's not some massive landlord guy or gal. These landlords are going under. States and the feds keep, keep eliminating the ability to force tenants to pay their rent. Well, how do you even keep up a place if you're not getting rent paid? Oh, well. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, and firefighters, and, and emergency personnel. Please check out Amazon now, if you would. If you could pre-order, I'd greatly appreciate it. And all these other authors, July 13th. Let's do it together.